I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Lainey. Hi, it's Duanna. Happy New Year. Welcome to the first Show Your Work podcast of 2017. Now we're here, it's Saturday, uh, the night before or the day before the Golden Globe. So when you're hearing this, we obviously won't know about who won and what happened there. We may talk about it next week, but… Did I tell you that I have a really exciting outfit to watch the Golden Globes in? What do you want? From my couch. What? I bought like a like a velvet jumpsuit oh my on God. Super Sale. Right, right. Um, the… Is it the one our other friend called, or you called it Johnny Carson? Yeah, I feel like I'm like, <laughs> like Johnny Carson lounging in like Malibu in this thing. I'm really excited to watch the Golden Globes in this. You bought it to lounge in? That's such a go out outfit for you. Yeah, but where am I going to go? Like it's, it's, I feel like it can accomplish all the things. I can look like I just came home from going out uh, in Toronto in January in like sub-sub-zero temperatures. And, you know, look glamorous on my couch. Can I – I want to post a picture of that photo when we post this podcast. Yeah, I like, will artfully design something that you can <laughs> No, display. not of you in it, but I can I from the, web, from the website where you bought it? Yeah, why not? Okay. All right. I, yeah, I want everybody to be able to visualize because, yeah, you described it as Johnny Carson. Then when I saw it, I was like, this is not fucking Johnny Carson. This is like style. Yeah, there's both. You think Johnny Carson doesn't have style? Can you all yell in it? To write at her, please. Okay, but at the same time, I'm also angry at outfits like that because they are only for people who are tall like you with all, like all legs that come up to your neck. I couldn't wear that outfit, that jumpsuit. I don't feel that yeah. sorry for you. Yeah. I don't. Like yeah. when there are cute long tops that are all slouchy, I can't wear those. So, anyway. so there you go. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. We had a lot of options. We were sending things back and forth. We had to really edit. In fact, week. we kept sending things over the holidays being right. Like being like, if we were podcasting, we'd be talking about this. Uh, Lauren Duca being one of them. Remember that? Lauren Duca. And, uh, and Tucker Carlson. She was pretty amazing. Oh, she... I, I missed that completely. Oh, she was the best. What uh, happened? So they're on some debate panel or something, and he was, you know, mansplaining to her, and you're just being irrational and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, actually, you're talking over me, negating me while not allowing me to speak, and it's actually totally running me around in circles. So that's actually what's happening here. She schooled him. It was the best. It went viral. People who had never heard of her watched and loved. Lauren Duca, of course, everybody, is the person who wrote the Teen Vogue article about Trump gaslighting America, and they invited her onto a panel with Tucker Car- Carlson? Yeah, it was the best. Okay, that's, that's so good. Now we'll I have, have to, to look it up. We'll have to find a link. Um, well, okay, let's start this week with a show we don't watch, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's someone on the show who we're really interested in, and that's Tyra Banks. So the show is The New Apprentice. Okay, so let's back this up, though. Are you not surprised at this? Did you ever watch The Apprentice? I did. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I watched The Apprentice, I think, 
um, in the first season. Yeah, was that season, the Omarosa season? Yeah. Yes. Season one, it was regular people. It wasn't yeah. the Celebrity Apprentice. Yes. And yeah, I watched it like everybody watched it. It was good TV. It was good TV. I think Yasik and I watched it together. I think it was almost must-see TV. Sure. I quite liked the drama and I mean, listen, if we're going to link it back to everything, that was a show in theory about work. It was absolutely Those about work. Those two teams had to work together and they all had a job to do. So, now, of course, it was interesting to us. Yeah, except, of course, then, it was patently unfair and <laughs> not the, the work was not judged on its merits, but that's a different conversation. So, fast forward, I don't know how many, 15 years. I don't know when The Apprentice was on the first time. And I was shocked to find out that the token woman executive character, who's not the boss because that's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but the, like, woman executive sidekick is Tyra Banks. What's happening here? What, were you as surprised as I was? I didn't know until I knew, which was reading about it. Yeah. Um, after the first episode aired and people's reactions. And I was like, what the hell is this all about? And then I was like, Tyra is apprenticing? I mean, or whatever. I, is That is the Ivanka Trump role in theory, right? Yeah. And before yeah. that, there was a no-name executive who was part of right. it. Right. Yeah. I'm confused. I don't know. I just, I don't know why Tyra needs that. Because Tyra Banks, of all people, has been for decades sort of banging the drum of you can't just be a model, right? That she sort of transitioned her way out of modeling and into acting and being a personality. She had her talk show. She had America's Next Top Model, which is in like cycle 98.5 or something. Like she has worked for I such agree. a long time. So again, and I think that people bought that. I don't think anybody considers Tyra just a model anymore and hasn't done for many, many, many years. So again, the hell is she doing here? So the article that I read about it in the Daily Beast says, uh, and it's a bit snarky, it says, it's hard not to smize at the return of the supermodel turned mogul to reality TV as she peddles Tyra Beauty and stands in front of a room full of celebrities who are arguably more successful than her and forces them to clap for her entrepreneurial excellence. Like, that's a bit ouchy. First of all, it's bullshit. Like, I mean, Carson Kressley, is he more successful than Tyra Banks? Isn't Carson Kressley on the show? He is. Is he? He's one of the people. It's a celebrity apprentice. Yes, you're right. Also, uh, John Lovitz, Boy George, Ricky Williams, uh, American Ninja Warrior host Matt Eisman. Yes, you're right. It's utter bullshit. Yeah. Uh, the, the women include uh, two real housewives and uh, host Brooke Burke Charvet. I remember her. WNBA great Lisa Leslie, Olympia Layla Ali, Carney Wilson, and Snooki. So yeah, the idea that they are arguably more successful than Tyra is bullshit. But also, what's she doing there? Or from a real total business point of view, who do you think she's reaching? If, she, if that's the big end goal is that this is all a vehicle for Tyra Beauty, who is she reaching that she wouldn't otherwise be reaching, that she couldn't get through other channels? Well, I, the, who are the viewers of The Apprentice? I mean, that's what you want, that middle market, right? The Tyra Beauty then, let's assume, is not high-end. 
It's mid-range, let's say, sure. Mid to low? Like drugstores brand? Like, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, but I sure. don't think that's down market. Like, I think there are lots of people who... No, Drew Barrymore sells or used to sell at Walmart, so... They mix the high with the low. Yeah. But aren't there other avenues than The Apprentice? I guess what I'm most surprised by, in addition to The Apprentice and its links to Donald Trump and The Apprentice and like Arnold Schwarzenegger as somebody who can judge how people do their work, is why is she playing second or third fiddle? Like she has carried shows by herself for a long, long time. I'm really surprised that well, this is the avenue. Two two things here. First, on Tyra Beauty, it's to me a little bit archaic to be selling makeup now in this time in 2017 on a TV show when we have seen it done so successfully recently on social media. This is confusing to me. It's like an old business strategy. It feels old. Doesn't it feel old? It does feel old. It feels, yeah, very conventional, right? Yeah. So I don't know in terms of a business management perspective, when someone's writing the business plan for her or she's devising the business plan together with her team, why this was the best option and how she's supplementing it on the on the other end through social media and the way that people do it now. Like that's a little bit confusing to me. I... And I haven't heard any, 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 or seen any buzz about Tyra Beauty out, outside of The Apprentice. So I'm concerned about her as like from, you know, a consumer and a, like from a business relationship standpoint. Number two, I'm a bit worried now because obviously we are confused by her presence on that show. And her last, I think, TV endeavor was The Fab Life, that talk show. Right. Do you remember? Yeah. So she and Chrissy Teigen, and I think it was Josie yep. and somebody else, tried to create a view, talk, the view, the chew, the view, whatever, style show um, that I think went nowhere. Which is crazy because all of those people are interesting television. Like, I think the reason we're talking about this is because even when she's bananas, Tyra Banks is entertaining to watch. Totally. She's watchable. You want to know what she's doing, right? Yes. Like her personality is almost outsized to her achievements. She's so extra when she's like on a talk show and the way that she speaks and, you know, you remember, I mean, everybody remembers that famous every time oh. she goes on about Naomi Campbell and all of that. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about, you remember, you know, when my mama yells at me like yes. this because she loves me. <laughs> yes, that too. That to me is the quintessential Tyra clip. Yeah. But she's intensely watchable. She's always done a really good job of sort of exploiting the slightly campy parts of the Tyra brand with the entrepreneurial parts. And so I don't get this. If you are Tyra Banks's manager or advisor, can you send us a carrier pigeon, like cover yourself in secrecy and let us know what the goal is? Because I don't get it. Well, I mean, and what... Listen, and this is coming from two people who didn't watch it, but from everything that we've read, including that Daily Beast piece, she was shut down in there. She was not there. Um, her presence was not exactly, I don't know, powerful. Um, it sounds like Schwarzenegger and whoever else talked over her. It sounds like she seems a little bit impotent. And that, to me, is like, wow, Tyra Banks reduced to 
you know, not having a voice on this panel, that bothers me a lot. It's weird for the brand um, and she doesn't need it. So, yeah. Anybody, uh, if you're out there managing Tyra, can we talk? Let us know what's going on. We'd like to join the team. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We'd yes, like we to have, join the team of Tyra. We have notes. <laughs> um, and um, the other thing we were talking about towards the end of the week that we wanted to talk about today is this whole mess with Coachella. Oh, so yeah. So Coachella first announced their lineup, which may be the best Coachella lineup ever, in my opinion. Right. Like we had Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar. And Radiohead. Yeah. I All of those... For me personally, the, those three names hit every button. Um, and I actually thought Coachella was over. I was like, Coachella, like nobody cares about Coachella anymore. And then all of a sudden they come with like Kendrick, Beyonce, and Radiohead. Wow. Sells out. People are like, this is going to be the best Coachella ever. Suddenly people who care about Coachella now care about Coachella again. And then I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday… Um, it's reported that Coachella is one of the companies owned by a bigger, bigger umbrella company, and the head of that bigger, bigger umbrella company, AEG, is Philip Anschutz. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And he allegedly funds organizations, um, nonprofit organizations that are anti-LGBTQ. Um, and well, then he denied it. So here we are. Right. So the question, of course, is what do you do if you are Beyonce, if you're Kendrick or one of those people? Do you walk? Because I hope so, but I'm me and I stand to gain absolutely nothing. I would love to know. I could do the digging to find out, uh, what exactly playing Coachella pays, but they don't need the exposure. They don't need the notoriety. Beyonce has had a huge tour. Radiohead do not need this. So do you walk is the question. Or do you conveniently sort of turn a blind eye or not know? We've seen this happen in smaller scale measures with like, you know, whispers about Woody Allen or working with Mel Gibson or et cetera. So this big public, what do you do? I don't, I mean, again, it's complicated now by the fact that he's denied it and he called it fake news. Um, but from a, you know, from, let's, let's go Radiohead. Let's start with Radiohead there. Radiohead is about their big cause that I've always associated with them is environment. And so this guy, the alleged donations, some of them are to organizations that deny climate change. Because he owns some oil companies? Yeah, it says here that he partnered with the Koch brothers to fund climate change denial efforts. That's right. So for Radiohead in particular, that is the issue, right? Right. That for them would be like grounds. And the way that Radiohead behaves, like they're anti-corporate and they're, you know, their whole, um, you know, Tom York has been very, very vocal about um, that kind of like corporates, uh, corporations suck and we're being brainwashed by them and like save the earth. I think for him in particular, or in that band in particular, they would have to, they would have to pull out. I don't know what it means now that the dude has apologized and denied. 
I just don't, I mean, I am a cynic. I don't buy it. Me neither. Um, but like, you know, they have their excuse on paper now. They have, if they don't want to pull out, they can be like, well, he said he doesn't. Okay. So let's say this happens to you or let's say that this happens, you know, at the Super Bowl or wherever else. What level of due diligence do we expect from our from our artists? Okay, so the news came out. This happens. There's obviously no smoke without some fire or et cetera. Yeah. Then he comes out and says, no, no, it's fake news. It's not true. Yeah. What do we expect? What do we hope for? And we're talking artists of that level, right? Because there are some artists on the lower to mid-range level who need Coachella. Sure. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I would never, and there was an artist, I think her name was Mitski. I'm going to look it up in a minute. But she tweeted, she was like, uh, you know what, I've already committed and frankly, pulling out of Coachella would hurt my career more than anything else. I just can't have that. But by all means, if you guys don't want to go, don't go. She was saying to, to fans, to the, the public. Right. And I really respect that, that there are people for whom doing this festival and playing for the people who will go, uh, many of whom may or may not know about this in particular, yeah, gives you a bigger platform to say no next time. You have to be of a certain level to be able to take on the discussion in the first place. Yeah, it was Mitski. And she tweeted, ah, fuck, well, I agreed to do this and not going would only hurt me, not the fest, but you can still not go. Right? Anyway. Right. So, and I, like, let's, let's face it. I know, sorry, Mitski fans out there, if, if you're, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm saying she's not Beyonce, but frankly, she's not. So, anyway, on the level of, like, the Beyonce's and the Kendrick's and the Radioheads, my only question is 100%. As you said, they don't need it. They certainly don't need the exposure. And look, none of them needs the cash. Right. So this is about standing up for something. But where do you stop in the sense that you don't do Coachella and then you find out that AEG, let's say, for example, this particular company, um, they also own like sports teams. Right. And the... The tentacles of the influence of this company are so far-reaching that if you're going to start making cuts, how far down do you cut? So I think that they own the Los Angeles Kings. So then does Kendrick and Beyonce never go to a Los Angeles Kings <coughs> hockey team, hockey game? And uh, I think that AEG owns some venues. So do you never perform at those venues? And then do you, when you go down, like, I Wow. In addition to which, you know. It's hard. It's hard. And you know what? You don't check people's politics when they buy tickets to your show, right? I'm sure there are people who are anti-LGBT who buy a Beyonce ticket or a Kendrick ticket or a Radiohead ticket. You know, you only, to a certain extent, you can't police people who come. You try to espouse the values and things that you care about to the people who show up regardless of who they are. So there's also that argument, right? Well, no, we're going to go and yeah. show love in the face of of whatever. There's that sort of principle to be taken. But I don't know. I don't know what you do. And I don't – I don't know – what my big question is how much do I expect of my artists? What do I expect them to do? Do I expect them to issue a statement saying, you know, the Parkwood Entertainment has done – an ind independent investigation and determined that Coachella, you know, check the box, does does not support nefarious causes. 
it's a really interesting question to think about how far into politics we want our artists to go. And I don't really have an answer. Me neither. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's going to be some people yelling at us being like, what do you mean? It should just be like a blanket, you know, fuck you to everybody. And, but it's, I think the point of being righteous is that it's hard. It's hard to find the right answer. It's never that easy. That's right. And it's hard when, you know, you're out there on your own. It's easy when everybody's in a big, in a big group being like, we're not going to take it. But yeah, it's hard to individually go, I'm going to step out and do something and I'm not sure if it's right or not. I mean, I wonder maybe if the answer then is to be creative with it, which is, you know, Rebecca Ferguson made headlines earlier this week and she is an artist out of the UK. She's not even American. And out of the blue, really, she announced, confirmed, tweeted. I'm not even sure she was invited, which is also so smart because, listen, I'd never heard of Rebecca Ferguson before. But I think that she created a a world in which she was invited to perform at Donald Trump's inauguration. If. If. (laughs) Um, And she said, well, I'm not going to perform at the inauguration unless they allow me to perform Strange Fruit. If you don't know the song Strange Fruit, uh, look it up and Google it. It is a uh, not thinly veiled at all allegory about uh, lynchings and it was a Billie Holiday song that was really, really iconic. Uh, But yeah, it was like, yeah, sure, I'll perform if I can perform Strange Fruit. Uh, You're right. It's extremely creative. Yes. It's clickbait and switch all in one headline, right? Yes. uh, I'll perform. Sure I will. I'll be there if I can perform (laughs) this. It's also like, oh, hi, I'm Rebecca Ferguson. Nobody invited me to participate in this conversation, but here I am and this is what I would do. And now everybody's talking about me. Hello, Rebecca Ferguson. It's nice to meet you. Absolutely. And to put yourself on the map in such a skillful and really, you know, economy of words way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah, it's really well done. So to use her example, if you're Kendrick Lamar or Radiohead or Beyonce, what about not dropping out, going to Coachella and I don't know, and then making the performance about the issue, you know, this Philip Anschutz, whatever. Donating I mean, your fees, of course, to, you know, yeah, donating your fees or and or going up. I mean, for Kendrick Lamar, it, he's a poet. Uh, so your words up there on stage, I mean, it would be, there's nothing quite as satisfying as taking money from somebody and then getting up on stage and completely undressing them and calling them a fucker. And, you know, it, it, you know it's double, what is that? Double, it's a double whammy. It's a double, it's double, Yes, I believe that's right? the technical term, double whammy. <laughs> Right? Like, I can't think of anything more, anything more fucking satisfying than knowing that someone has to pay you millions of dollars or thousands of dollars and then being able to also slap them in the face. Right. You're basically going to (laughs) piss on their money in public. So that's an option. I'm not sure they're all going to do it. It will be interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see how we feel about what they do or don't do. Uh, This is one of those cases where you can do A or B but silence is the most damning, kind of. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the reactions come out in whatever creative way. Anyway. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the much more frivolous side, you know, to to take things to their natural fluffy confusion, we are hours away from the uh, official kickoff, right, of yeah. awards season. Awards season, and I, I'm going to tell you something. I wrote I wrote yesterday that I am a little bit worried about us, in particular, you. Why is that? Well, um, you and I, for the last many many years, have shared a room on Oscar night. Yes. And that night has always been fun, stressful. We're frantically writing, trying not to fall asleep. We make work innovations. I, uh, yes, last year was a great innovation. I made Elaine adhere to a to a, a work board. You know, maybe I'll I'll take a whiteboard to LA this year. Yeah, honestly, and those color coded cards we can't forget. Anyway, but this year I'm a bit worried about you because two things might happen. Okay. Um. It's looking like Natalie Portman is the front runner for Best Actress right now. I, your face, I wish everybody you could see Duanna's face because her eyes just rolled in all kinds of directions. Her mouth folded in on itself. Her nose um, also folded in on itself. She is, it's pure disgust. I'm actually Voldemort right now. <laughs> um, so that's number one. And number two, Justin Timberlake could uh, cock block Lin-Manuel Miranda from his EGOT. And I just, Yasik is now laughing because Yasik and Duanna have this hate nemesis thing happening where they, and Yasik is now imagining a world in which Duanna has to endure on one night Natalie Portman and Justin Timberlake winning Oscars. And I'm not mocking you, Duanna. I would be just. I want to point out that as you said, Justin Timberlake, even your dog sighed. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't think that Justin Timberlake's chances at this point are as, as good as, as, but, as Natalie Portman, but we are 24 hours away from the Golden Globes. I do think that he's a very good shot at the Golden Globes. Those Hollywood Foreign Press Association fuckers, like... I mean, they've awarded Madonna before. Oh, they love him. And, and he's, yeah. And look, as much as I love Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's like a big show-off, like, kid. But you know who can out-show off a show-off? Justin Timberlake. Like, it's going to be dueling banjos of showing yes. off and like, hey, mom, look at me. It's it's a lot. Are you going to be okay? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Duanna's really stressed right now. She's got her hands up in her hair and the even the even the thought of this happening. Anyway, I I don't know, but tomorrow if Justin Timberlake wins, that podium is going to be an audition for the Academy. That's he's right. He's going to get up there and he's going to be like, "If you give it to me, this is what I can bring to your award show." And he's a crowd pleaser. You know, my mom, hi mom, uh is a is a woman of of uh, she's recently retired. And she saw in in September at TIFF, she saw the Justin Timberlake documentary. 
and was like, oh, he's really very good. And I was like, mommy. (laughs) Because he's a lot to take, but he's a crowd pleaser. People love him. People know him in a way that they don't know Lin-Manuel Miranda yet. That's right. Necessarily. There's not a critical mass for, I mean, as popular as Hamilton is, it's not a Justin Timberlake. Can I digress for Sorry. one small second and say how much I love Kelly Clarkson? I'm going somewhere here, guys. Uh, Kelly Clarkson performs It's Quiet Uptown, which is the heartbreaker on the Hamilton mixtape, and talked about how when she was asked to do it, she was like, you know what? I live in Nashville. We had no idea what Hamilton was yet. I just love her for being so honest and straightforward about like, eh, we didn't know everything. It doesn't make it there at the same time. End of digression, backing out to uh, Lin-Manuel and Justin Timberlake. No, but actually, just staying on Kelly for a second. So she didn't know what it was. And now every week I see her singing a different version of that song, like in some other video, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's because it's a pretty iconic, heartbreaky song. Yeah, but she's like on some talk show singing it. Then she's on some radio show singing it. Then she's on another talk show singing it. Like, she's committed to it. Oh, it's doing very well for her, too. Like, it's a perfect symbiosis. Uh, but I just really like that she doesn't have to pretend like she's up on everything and with it, unlike some people whose last name is Timberlake. (laughs) Well, in addition to Timberlake, um, to go back to Natalie Portman, who we've already discussed on this podcast, our, your, your leading, your original, your visionary feelings about her. Um, and yet... It must be heartbreaking for you to know that one of your favorites, someone you feel so much affection for, Julia Roberts, you know, (laughs) loves Natalie Portman to the point where she stood up for Natalie Portman this week at a screening for Jackie and basically said, here is who I'm voting for, Academy. I want Natalie to win a second Oscar, which would mean that Natalie would have more Oscars than Julia. Okay, so let's talk about this. You and I have been talking all week about the anointing, about the passing of the torch. And I thought on the way here, is that too strong a word? And I don't think so. I think it would be too strong a word if we were talking about anybody else. If we were talking about, you know, Sandra Bullock cannot anoint. Uh, Even Meryl Streep can't arguably anoint. Sometimes she's too far outside the taste. But Julia Roberts is the original modern movie sweet spot. Like she, it, nobody doesn't like Julia Roberts. If we're talking about the Hollywood foreign press, um, she is everything. She's basically the queen. So what's she doing? Why is she doing this? Did you just whine? (laughs) (laughs) So this meaning, is she declaring and designating finally an heir? Is she saying, I have been America's sweetheart. That is the role that I have dominated. People have tried to shove Jennifer Lawrence onto me uh, as my successor. I've kind of rejected that. She has that look on her face when Jennifer Lawrence's name comes up, that amazing, very patented Julia Roberts look that, really? I believe we call that the who's Natalie. (laughs) Yes, the who's Natalie. So Julia has sort of who's Natalie'd Jennifer Lawrence. And instead is warmly embracing and making a statement that Natalie is the next? So let me be as crafty as you have taught me to be over these years. 
Is it that she loves Natalie Portman? Or is it that 2017 is a return of Julia Roberts? She has her miniseries, Today Will Be Different, uh, the adaptation of the Maria Semple book. And as I keep pointing out, uh, this year, Julia will be 50. Cut to the Oprah Winfrey interview that I really want to happen. Julia is 50. (laughs) Is Julia Roberts endorsing Natalie Portman, not because she's anointing her as the new sweetheart, but because this is a ramp up to a return of Julia. And this is the year for her. Another way to look at it, if La La Land were not losing steam in the race, if Emma Stone... What happened to me just there? I, I don't, that worries, like if I were, uh, yeah, you it, could it, barely remember Emma Stone. Natalie Portman is totally winning this Oscar. If La La Land were not losing steam, if Emma Stone were favored to win, would Julia Roberts be out there endorsing Emma Stone, who is arguably a more reasonable Julia facsimile with a big smile and lots of teeth in order just to fulfill the Julia maternal grand dam role that is the beginning of 2017, which I suspect may be the year of Julia. Well, you're assigning to her some manipulation and, you know, strategic planning that I love. She's always had some. She's always had some. I love the idea. I hope so. I mean, if this is the, you know, Machiavellian, you know, intent behind it, awesome. But if it's just, it is what it is, what you see is what you get. Julia loves Natalie and, you know, this is cunt and little cunt, which is what they call themselves. Well, you, yeah, you pointed that out. That was from Closer, right? That's what they worked on together? That's when they worked on it together, you know, Natalie gave Julia a necklace that spelled out cunt. And at the end, when it wrapped, Julia gave Natalie a necklace that said Lil Cunt. Um, and I can't, I can't, (laughs) but you know what though? Let me, let me continue here. You know, who's not a threat to Julia Roberts, Natalie Portman, you know, when it's okay to anoint somebody when they're never going to fucking come close to you, they're never going to touch your crown, your throne, your legacy. Julia Roberts does not have to worry about Natalie Portman. If you want to talk about Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, maybe Jennifer Lawrence is going to come closer to being who Julia Roberts was, surpass who she was. Uh, You know, those roles that are coming to her maybe are the same kinds of ones that Julia Roberts had to deal with. Right. Natalie Natalie makes little movies that make not that much money. She is nobody's Erin Brockovich. She is Mm -hmm. nobody's bombshell. But even as simple as if you take away the business, in a room… If all of them together were in a room and Julia was speaking, Natalie wouldn't. That's right. Jennifer Lawrence, on the other hand, sure would, would fart or make a joke. And and Jennifer Lawrence might be able to steal the focus, but Natalie Portman cannot turn all those eyes and those spotlights onto her if Julia Roberts is in the room. There it is. Natalie Portman is a safe choice to endorse as a little girl, a little sister, because she'll always be the little one. Does that make you feel better? Much. <laughs> okay. But you believe me, right? I I believe that 100%. I believe that like Julia will always be able to tuck Natalie under her arm and be like, let me take care of you. Who's Natalie? Touche, right? That's right. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence would never 
be able to be tucked under uh, Julia's arm. Jennifer Lawrence is going to talk about the smell under Julia Roberts's arm. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. She's going to be like, oh my God, like touch me right now because I've got like Julia's sweat on my shoulder and I licked it. And that'll be the headline. <laughs> God, no, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm, yeah. Natalie Portman is a strategic choice. All right. So okay. that is what you'll tell yourself when, at this point, when Natalie Portman wins the Oscar in February. We have to work on what we're going to tell ourselves if Justin Timberlake's name is called that night. But it means that you can watch all those shenanigans, all those Golden Globe uh, interactions and leanings over the chairs and drinkings with, uh, a, yeah, a bit of a gimlet eye. Like, kind of, kind of watch for what's the interaction behind the interaction. And let's end this Golden Globes chat with Miss Golden Globe. This year, it's Miss Golden Globes, right? There's three of them. Okay, so this… There are three Stallones. This thing, I, I feel like I figured this out late in the game. I, that Miss Golden Globe is this job that goes to the, like, barely legal daughter of some actor or actress of the year… Uh, who's kind of having a coming out party. And yeah, so this year it is three Stallone daughters. Okay, and their names are Sophia, since we're talking to the name therapist here. Yeah, we got Sophia, Sophia Sistine, Sis- yep. and Scarlett. Right. So Sophia, Sistine, and Scarlett Stallone. I just, okay. <laughs> Born to Jennifer Flavin Stallone. Yeah. And Sylvester Stallone, of course. Yeah. And let's not like… That man has single-handedly resuscitated the name Sylvester, right? But yeah, Sophia, Sistine, and Scarlett uh, is kind of hilarious. But like, this is a bullshit job, right? We agree with this. (laughs) Miss Golden Globe is a bullshit job. So Miss Golden Globe hands out the award, right? Is that what she does? She Yeah, she like escorts uh, the award to the presenter or escorts the award winner back (laughs) off stage. Right. She's basically on stage all the time. She's on stage the most. Right, but she's just parading because you know what? People know how to walk off stage. Like, I love that there's this idea of being guided off. I guess it's so that you don't knock into the next presenters who are coming out. Right. But, you know, you could just walk to their left or right. Yes, it's a bullshit job. But it's even more bullshit that we're supposed to know their names and look at them and go, oh, it's essentially a coming out party, right? Yes. For Hollywood. It's like, hello, Hollywood, I am now available to be gawked at. Yes. And then some of them, of course, go on to actually have their own proper careers. Right. Like Like, uh, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson, yeah. Was Miss Golden Globe, right? Any others? Um, Freddie Prinze Jr. was a Mr. Golden Globe, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um… And then, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who else. Like, it's not… So, like, for example, when I think of Dakota Johnson… Right. The fact that she was Miss Golden Globe doesn't come up to mind. No. But, for example, uh, I read… I know that Alfrey Woodard's daughter was Miss Golden Globe a couple of years ago. So, the question is, will we begin to see her in some roles in a couple of years? Is this the accepted sort of route to say that your breasts are now public property? Uh, I'm feeling (laughs) crotchety about this, apparently. Well, you know who would be totally primed to be a Miss Golden Globe would be um, Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Rose Depp. But Lily Rose already has a Chanel contract. She is already in movies. 
So Lily Rose actually would be taking a step backwards if she was Miss Golden Globe. So who are the who are the offspring who don't need this opportunity and who are the ones who do? I was thinking you were going to say uh, Lily Sheen, as in the daughter of uh-huh. Kate Beckinsale and Michael Sheen. But she's going to college. She's 18. She's going to college. Maybe doesn't need it. Uh, you know who else is of prime age but is too high level is uh, Ava Philippi, uh, as in daughter of Reese oh, Witherspoon and Ryan Oh, that's a good Philippi. one. Okay, so let's… Let me just Google how old she is right now. Oh, I love this one. Okay, Ava Philippi, because you're right. She's getting to the age or is the age, and she's showing up on mom's Instagram more and more and more. Um, she's going to premieres. But so, you're right that it's a bit of a B-list job. She's 17. Uh-huh. She's right there. Yeah. Now, her mother is a Golden Globe winner, Oscar winner. Her dad is one of the most powerful agents at CAA. Or no, actually, no. Her dad isn't Jim Toth. Her dad is Ryan Phillippe. That's right. Um, so yeah, she's prime, but she's mega A. Mega well, A. I call her, her mom is pretty A. Yeah, Ryan Phillippe is not. You know, it's it's a he's a serious A minus. Oh God, no. Let's call him a C. <laughs> um, <laughs> but mom makes up for dad. I guess so. And she's, but she has been out there with Reese. So would Ava Philippi be a Miss Golden Globe? Think about that family discussion. Please, mom, please. And the mom's going, no, you can't. I refuse. I refuse to let you be a, a pair of boobs for hire, which again is what Miss Golden so Globe is. So you actually think Reese Witherspoon would, would like say no? I do. I think that she doesn't need it, Right. Think about to talk Fucking about. Love this. Talk about Julia Roberts. How old is Hazel Motor? She's like twelve. In five years' time, when she wants to do this, she doesn't need it. Uh, you know, another example is like Kaya Gerber. Uh, doesn't Cindy need it. Crawford's daughter doesn't need it. As yeah. you say, already has modeling work. It is a coming out party. Uh, I'm going to put an asterisk there. Ask me to come back to coming out party in a week or two. Right. It is a coming out party for an actress who needs a launch onto the world in a way that a super A-list child doesn't necessarily. You know, I totally, like, Dakota Johnson really is, I'm looking at the list of former Miss and Mr. Golden Globes. There's a couple of boys, you know, scattered around. Um, And you, you know, Dakota Johnson is the standout. She's the only one who sort of made something. Dakota Johnson was... 11 years ago, 2006, Miss Golden Globe. She was 17 years old at the time. Um, Others recently include Rumor Willis, um, Sosie Bacon, Kevin and and Kira. Sure. Um, Interestingly enough, there are two Eastwood offspring on this list. Clint Eastwood is pretty A-list, but as we've seen, he doesn't give a fuck about his kids and won't help them. So they have to, right? Didn't they have a reality show at one point? Yes. Yeah. Um, Catherine Eastwood at 17 in 2005 was Miss Golden Globe. And more recently, Francesca Eastwood in 2013 um, was 19. But neither one of them went on to have any careers or are having any careers. And again, Clint is pretty, like, you would think Clint Eastwood's children don't have to go Miss Golden Globe, but... He's a dick and won't help his kids. Or he's a principled parent. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, sure. So this is 
So Miss Golden Globe, is it a legitimate career path? Maybe not. Um, you know, Dakota Johnson, was she the first one considered for that movie role, which now made her Dakota Johnson, who she is today? Maybe not. Lots of people are going to turn that down. So yeah, is this a sort of B to C list coming out party? Yeah. And, I... you know, as much as, and am I a curmudgeon for being as grumpy about it as I am? I will say that having three sisters do it makes it a bit less bloody weird than if it was just one. Uh, but I still think it's bloody weird. Well. Argue with me. Yell at me. Tell me I, what you I, think. I, I always just think it's like a cheesy throwback. Like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is kind of like tacky. Right? They are themselves a cheesy throwback. <laughs> exactly. They're tacky. They're like, and it's almost, you don't want them to go classy. You don't want them to go straight, right? You want the Holly, like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association to remain as tacky for as long as possible. So I almost think that it is one of those things where it's joyously part of who they are. So what you're saying is that they sit there and go, who is big enough but not too big? That's what you assume or the goal is. Or who would is. say yes to us? <laughs> I'm sure they filter their way down the list of teens until they get one who will say yes. Oh, but I'm obsessed. Like, this is a great discussion topic. Everybody listening, send us your thoughts about Ava Philippi. Would Ava Philippi ever be Miss Golden Globe? Duanna doesn't think so. I can't see it either. But if you think that Reese Witherspoon would allow it, or any of your thoughts in general about, because that is, wow, that is primed. And look, maybe Lily Beckinsale, Sheen makes her way back there. You know, you can, it's only one night away from college. Um, maybe she's going to be on the list like, one of these Like, does Apple days. Martin one day want to be Miss Golden Globe? No way, no <laughs> chance. However, yeah, send us your votes. Who is Miss Golden Globe 2018? I'd love to know who you think is in the running. And thanks for listening. Have fun watching the Globes. We might talk about it next week, but for sure we're going to be blogging. Actually, by the time you listen to this, we will have finished our Golden Globes coverage. We will be exhausted and dehydrated and have had too much sushi and struggled through Monday and be very, very happy to argue with you about it all. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Show your work. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.